When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. Almost a week on from Scotland's disappointing result against Ukraine. The good news for all of us is that we've got a chance to bounce back in the Nations League straight away. We've got Armenia at Hamden on Wednesday. We're keen to move on from the loss against Ukraine and try and start writing that wrong and give ourselves as good a chance as we possibly can to qualify for the Euros in Germany in 2024. So we're here to have a wee preview of the Armenia game and then subsequently Ireland and Armenia again after that later in the week. So delighted to say that Alan from the Air Force One page joined us again, and it's the return of Gordon Sheok, who's missed a couple of pods, which is very unlike him being a man in demand, Gordon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and just, you know, dealing with my own sense of deep disappointment from last Wednesday. It took a little while to want to think about it or talk about it again, but I have I have gone away and healed and recovered and I'm back ready to go again, just like the Scotland team will be on Wednesday night. Well, we hope so. Um, we, we absolutely hope so. I think that the loss of Tierney was covered extensively um, but and how we play without him is really still the main talking point that I put out on Twitter today, how all going to plan um, an Armenia preview will be recorded tonight. What are you thinking about in the build-up to this game? And it's still the setup and the formation that people most uh, seem to be most occupied with, Alan. Personally, and we'll, we'll come to it, we'll, we'll discuss... Um, you know, hypotheses and potentials, but I, personally, I can't. I can't see Clark deviating from the three-five-two or the three-five-one-one. What, however, you want to, to call it, I can't see him deviating from that at all. No, um, just to start. Thanks for having me on again. Um, like you guys, I've just sort of used the last few days to sort of process the result, look at it, um, not only in isolation, but just against the backdrop of everything that's gone over the last 12, 24 months, and. Um, and how far we've come. Um, there's absolutely nothing in me that says Clark's going to throw a second string side for this game. We, the Armenia game, it was always important, but it's a game we now need to get a result. Um, we need to bounce back. And going into the game, they are a side who, as, as everyone's just seen, they've just beaten Ireland um, at home, which is obviously, uh, to most people, it'd be a shock. Um, if you watch the pre-match um press conference they clearly said if you want to study us from the Norway Norway game you do that to your own peril and that's what happened um, so they're a very difficult team to play against and I think they're probably a level above Faroe Islands um, and Moldova so we can expect a tough game not a lot of changes um, but we need to come out firing Yeah a second string 
would be a, a massively bold call, Gordon, considering that Clark has been all about consistency and club mentality. I think, though, we might see a few changes. I'm not sure that they'll be to everyone's liking. I think quite a lot of people are hoping and expecting maybe Jacob Brown to be thrown in from the start, Ross Stewart to be thrown in from the start, maybe Scott McTominay to be moved back into midfield. These things are all, um, I would say, unlikely. I, I maybe think at right back, um, Nathan Patterson, if he's if he's fit, maybe maybe Ralston, but most likely Patterson if he's fit. Apart from that, what what changes? Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. I, I I absolutely cannot see a wholesale change in system on Wednesday night. I think you know, in this last twelve months, we've been fluctuating between playing with either two strikers and one behind or one striker and two behind I think obviously Steve Clark's hand has effectively been forced in that regard with the news over the weekend that Lyndon Dykes has pulled out of the squad injured so really for me that leaves Shea Adams to lead the line with two attacking midfielders behind him which you know for my money certainly last Wednesday and also you look back to the Denmark game and the Moldova game that's where we've played some of our best attacking football when it's been Adams with say McGinn and Christie behind so I have absolutely full faith in that I think the overall shape of the team behind will effectively stay stay much the same I would like to see some some changes in personnel at the back I think you're right if, if Patterson is fit that would be huge to come in to start personally I wouldn't be opposed to the idea of Andy Robertson getting a night off potentially giving Aaron Hickey the chance to play in his favoured left wing back position because you know Andy Robertson is as fit as he is and as consistent as he is there will come a time that he's unavailable for a match so we may as well try who the next cab off the rank is in that position and that is probably going to be Aaron Hickey but you know the most important thing out of this game on Wednesday is that we bounce back and we bounce back strongly. Um, Alan's absolutely right that, you know, you watch Ireland go down in Yerevan on Saturday. This Armenia team are not to be trifled with. Yes, they're 92nd in the world, but they're in league beyond merit. They've been promoted up to this league. So we do need to respect them. But, you know, given the importance of the Nations League, I'm sure we'll come on to this. It's one of my favourite talking points and conversation topics. <laughs> um, it's so important that we win, that we win and we win well that can give us the platform to win the group in September. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's, there's previous with Scotland fans um, for assuming outcomes based on um, myopathy. A game that happened 20 years ago. Ignorance. <laughs> um, players, players and teams that we don't know much about and the conclusion that's jumped to is, oh, we'll see them away, no problem. I worry that there's a bit of that creeping in here, guys. Um, and I think that we've been bitten in the past by Georgia a few times, by Macedonia, um, who, yes, are teams we should have beaten um, if we'd played to our best, but we didn't, and they made us pay for it. I, I'm going to go full steam ahead, Alan, and put Armenia in the exact same bracket here as that. Yeah, um, I think I'd almost go as far as to say Ar Armenia, people should know that Armenia are a better team. Um, just in terms of visibility of players. I mean, Mkhitaryan just today has signed for Inter Milan um, uh, from, from Roma on the back of winning the Conference League. That is a top-tier player right there. He's played for Arsenal, um, played for some big, big teams. Um, so just going, they've already got a world-class player, I'd say. Um, and then you, you dive down deeper and you've got players at teams like Krasnobar or um, I, th I think there's a striker that plays um, with Jack Henry at Club Bruges. He's just won the league there. 
So you've got at least a handful of players in that team with good experience. And even the, the, the players for such as, I went to the Rangers game early in the season where they, they beat a last kit. Um, and uh, that side played group stage European, European football. Now, I, I can't tell you how they got on. I haven't checked that, but that experience, um, along with a competitive league, I think this this, year, this season's the first season where they've had two teams finish and above 70 points. So these are players who are used to playing pressured games. Um, and when they come together as a country, um, the same way Scotland do, uh, they want to put up a fight, they want to prove people wrong. And they go into league beyond merit, as Gordon says. And I, I think um, from what I listened to, they want to win this league. So we can't be dismissive of that. They're going to come to Hamden they're going to know where our weakness is and they're going to want to get a result. But what we've got in our locker is um, against teams of this calibre, we're still hitting 15, 20 shots a game. So if we can put more of those away, hopefully we'll get a more comfortable result than we did against Moldova or against the Faroe Islands. Well, despite the, the unlikelihood of wholesale changes, people have certainly got plenty of the options on their minds. So we'll, we'll have a run through and chat about what we might think would be the, the best way to approach it or what Clark might ultimately do. We've got Adam in the mentions who said that he can't see the change to a back four. I think we're uh, in unison on that. And so he thinks there will be slight changes to the back three of Suter, Cooper, McKenna with Hickey at left and then Steve McDonnell um, at right wing back. He also wants to see Alan Campbell get a bit of game time in midfield. Gordon, that back three of Suter, Cooper, McKenna, is that something with a bit of mileage in it? Yeah, that's that's the exact one that I've got written down here, just simply because I think it's much more round pegs and round holes compared to shoehorning players into positions that they don't necessarily play for their club team. Cooper played very well for us in that centre-centre-back position back in November. Suter plays on the right of a back three. McKenna plays on the left of a back three. I, I, I see that working far better than what we saw last week, 100%, because um, Suter's got that ability to carry the ball out of defence and and look if it, if it is if it is O'Donnell on the right hand side of him I've, I have absolutely no issue with that either if Patterson's not fit I mean a lot of people are talking about Anthony Ralston as well um, potentially maybe give him 45 minutes I don't, I don't know I just I feel like in a game like this at least start with as close to our first 11 as you can and then if you want to make we'll, we'll still have five subs if you want to make wholesale changes in the second half if we've got a lead then then great but I'd much rather not be trying to bring on better players in the second half, trying to chase a chase a result. Yeah, totally. Um, so Cooper into the middle of the back three. I think that, to be honest, I do think that makes sense. It's a couple of times now he's not looked great um, at left centre back for us in the absence of Tierney. So McKenna there, but he's done well for Forrest. Cooper into the middle. Uh, and then Adam shouting for John Suter Allen. Um, we've got John Bleasdale in the mentions shouting for Jack Hendry in that position instead of Scott McTominay. Is that a toss-up for you, preference at right centre half? Yeah, it is because they're they're both they're both high quality right right sided centre backs. I think um, it also comes down to who you want to play on the right. If you want to, I think if you've got someone as reliable as a Hendry or a Suter playing at right centre back, you can go for a Ralston at right wing at ring, right wing back and have him bombing forward because. You've got that natural right centre back to cover him, like what we didn't see um, with McTominay against Hickey. Um, so I think either of them I'd be happy with. Uh, and again, I, I think there was a point made in the last um, uh, podcast where it was that um, Suter's only just come back, he, but he played really well uh, in the final and he's had a few days now with the squad. So if he's fit uh, out of the two of them, 
the two of them I'd say I'd say suitor, but they're, they're both high quality and they both um, we know what we're going to get from them. I think um, that there are a couple of people in the mentions that I think we we should address because it's similar to the talking points that we've we've covered already, um, along the lines of I think people expecting Armenia to be just rolled over here. Um, so we've got uh, Vinnie Ferguson who's come in with a back four, Liam Kelly in goals. He's got Jacob Brown starting. He's got Armstrong starting and then sums it up with, because why not, decent game to check out their ability. Then we've got um, at SPFL FIPA fan saying he wants to see the team completely freshened up and we've got a chance against Armenia to see what we've got in reserve. Gordon, that's that's dangerous territory. Yeah, that's frankly just not going to happen um, for a few different reasons. I mean, I think the the stakes of this game are quite clearly higher than some people seem to realise. Um, obviously, I think the... I think the complacency factor. I personally, I, I I really don't see that coming into the mindset of the team simply because of how bad the performance and result was last Wednesday. I think that will keep them honest. I think they'll be desperate to get back out and to put in a far a much improved performance from the Ukraine game. And of course, you know the stakes of this game. If we want to go into this right now about about what the Nations League means for Scotland. Yes, yeah, go, go, this is your this is your moment. This is the, the pitch. Floor. This is it. Right. So as we know, so at the end of this Nations League process in September, um they will seed the Euros qualifying based on the rankings of all the teams within Nations League. So there are 16 teams in League A. So you'll have 10 going into pot one and 10 into pot two. So that means your, your top 10 teams are in pot one. Your next six out of League A, they also go into pot one. So that leaves four teams available from League B that will go into pot two in Euros qualifying. So that will naturally be the four teams that win their groups in League B. And actually, because Germany will qualify automatically as hosts, the, the best runner-up team in League B will also get into pot two. But let's not rely on that. We can put that to one side for now. So what that what we know then is that if we win this Nations League group, we will be seeded second for Euro 2024 qualifying. And obviously for Euro 24 qualifying, we know that the top two teams in each group will qualify automatically. So if we were to effectively just finish where our seeding dictates we should, with one team ahead of us and the rest below us, finish second, we're automatically qualified for the Euros, and then we don't need to rely on playoffs. And I think that's always been the ambition of this team, the development. Look, Getting to a World Cup playoff was hugely was a huge achievement for Scotland. I mean, you can't forget that only 13 teams from Europe qualify for a World Cup. So that's an incredibly small amount. So the fact that we got into the playoffs, that puts us in about the top 22-odd teams in Europe. And that's exactly where I think we should be, really naturally. And that should put us in qualifying for Euros. So... Yeah, the, long story short, win our Nations League group and we take a massive step towards qualifying for the next Euros automatically without having to rely on playoffs, which I but think would play, be... But, but we would still have a playoff should we win the Nations League group. That's still a factor. That is still a factor, yes, because we will have... So with with the top two teams qualifying from Euros qualifying, that gives you 20 qualifiers. Germany qualifies host, that's 21. There's still three spots available. So it would be... As we've seen the last couple of uh, campaigns, you'd have 12 teams in three paths 
with semi-finals and finals going for those final three spots. So that, that is quite a brutal process when you think about it. That's a real bun fight, 12 teams for three final spots. So I'd much rather be in the first 20 teams that are punching their ticket to go automatically. And we can take a big step towards that by winning this Nations League group. Not to mention just, you know, obviously we massively respected U- Ukraine last week. We respected the situation they're in. They absolutely emptied their tank in these last two games. Ukraine still have three games to play in this group. If Ukraine drop points as top seed in our group in the next three games, we have to take advantage of that. And like I said, give ourselves the springboard to win this group in September when we'll play Ukraine home and away. So just to, just to clarify then, make sure that I followed you correctly there and Alan's followed you correctly there. So the teams that finish in, in League A of the Nations League, the yep. top 10 best teams will we'll be pot one. will be pot one. Yep. So that leaves space because that leaves space for six of the, the next six teams from League A to go into pot two, leaving four spaces to make up In the rest of pot two. B teams to go into pot and two. They will yes. be made up by the winners of the League B groups. Because there's four groups in League yeah. B, each group winner will go into pot two. Cool. Guaranteed. Big then. That is big. And I think that's why it's important that we don't see this as an end of season friendly, to be honest, which is the attitude that I'm getting from a few Scotland fans here with their idea for game time. And look, I'm not saying that Liam Kelly is a shite goalkeeper. He's far from it. But is this really the time to drop Craig Gordon, for example, Alan? No. Absolutely. 100% no. Um, if you've if you've watched Armenia's if there's one thing they can do well is blast one in from 30 yards um, and the, th- the thought of having anyone in goal except Craig Gordon um, would, I mean, they're quality keepers, but I think that's, this is not the game to try that. Um, and it's also, it also doubles down on how you need to have a solid backline um, because they are going to exploit, they, they know Scotland are a good team. They know that the chances are going to come few and far between uh, and they're going to have to make opportunities. And in the way that it, the way they executed that against Ireland was fantastic. Um, it just the goal. Um, I, I'm going to butcher his name here, but I think it was Spertsian, um who hit it from the edge of the box. Now he he'd been named before it as someone who can hit them. To, so to be named before it and to go and do it, um, I think there's three or four players in that team who could do the exact same thing. Um, so yeah, now in terms of goalkeeper, no changing for me. Um, Gordon's playing well. Uh, he kept the score down against Ukraine, um, and I believe that uh, he's the best man there to to see us through a result. Well, Andy Hemphill was in the mentions asking just how important the next three games are. Should we be aiming for nine points and taking charge of the group? I hope that answers your question, Andy. I think uh, Gordon has summed that up pretty well. Um, just going back to something you said that a minute ago, Gordon, um, I can't remember exactly what it was that triggered this in, in my mind, but it was about, oh yeah, the, the amount of teams that qualify for a World Cup from Europe and mm-hmm. why it's, it's a very difficult thing to do, but also why the reaching the playoffs has been a long-term target of ours. I I was sad at the outcome last week that we didn't um, give a good account of, or that, that we didn't get the result against Ukraine. But I found myself more, more angry at the performance than the outcome of the game, I think, to be honest. I don't know if this is a... And we were chatting about this yesterday, that Wales didn't play, play particularly well yesterday, but won. And who cares, really, because... They, they did what they had to do and they're in the finals and, and nobody will talk about how they managed it. But I think it's for ages and for ages, maybe just the expectancy level of growing up in the era of Scotland we have, 
All I've ever wanted is just for us to give ourselves a chance, just get to the playoffs and give ourselves a chance. Similar to what happened against Serbia last year, didn't expect us to win, but we played really well and got it over the line. I think that we achieved certainly what I hoped the team would when the group started. I had no doubt in my mind we were never beating Denmark. It was second for us and we took charge of that second spot. But I'm just so disappointed that once we got there, we just didn't show up. We just didn't show up. And if we were going to lose, then we got to the stage that I had hoped we would get to, to give ourselves a shot. But it was just the fact that we we didn't do ourselves anywhere near the justice that, that I think we have deserved over the last six, seven games and the way we finished that group. And it, it all just feels a bit deflating to to build up that. I know we had the the postponement of the game, which went against us and timing maybe didn't work out for some fitness of players and, and momentum. It just feels so de- deflating, not, not just to lose the game after playing so well for months on end, but to lose it in that that way is is really what felt like a kick in the stomach for me. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and I, I think what 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 I've seen over the last week, just the sheer amount of anger and devastation and hurt and heartbreak. The only reason why we feel so badly, and the only reason why that hurts so bad, is because expectations have been raised. Expectations and demands of this team and the standards that we expected out of this team had been raised so high by their results and by their performances. You know, I think I kind of. I was reflecting today sort of about the about the Steve Clark reign. Obviously, he's been in charge for three years now, and I'd almost break it down into almost three quite distinct chapters. You had almost you had the first chapter pre-COVID where he was kind of settling into the team, playing a 4-3-3. We were getting we got battered by Russia, battered by Belgium, and it just wasn't working. And we limped to the end of Euros qualifying. Then COVID happened, and then we had the sort of chapter two would be sort of post-COVID up to the Euros when he's bedding in this new three-at-the-back system and we're starting to, you know, we spoke at the time about Nations League and how we were getting results, but not necessarily performances. You know, we had that, I think it was about a seven or eight game unbeaten run, but we saw that as something of a mirage because the performances just weren't quite what we wanted. And then post-Euros, we saw kind of the best of it in chapter three. We saw some of the best of it where we really took charge, like you said, of that World Cup campaign and flew to the finish line. And we were flying into the playoffs in March uh, with absolute confidence that we were going to go and do really well. Um, Which, yeah, you're right, which makes all adds up to the performance last Wednesday being so utterly deflating that you're right, we didn't do ourselves justice to the level, you know, we, I remember we, we had these, we used to have these conversations before about, thinking well the players Scotland have got we should be better why are we not better than we are because we can see we've got players and we see we've got talent we see we've got potential we should be better well now we're at the stage where we know we're better because we've seen it ourselves with our eyes and our results and our performances so yeah that that's why last Wednesday hurts so much but you know I, I've done a lot of reflecting over the last few days and you'll see on my Twitter and my Instagram that I, I put up a kind of a comparison looking at the points per game in qualifying of every campaign we've had since 98 that campaign we've just had is our best ever. So, you know, I can at least reflect on that, that I I take total pride that we're going in the right direction, that we've had our best qualifying campaign that we've seen in 20 plus years and that we can springboard into this next one. So, yeah, I, I still have faith for where we're going. Before we move into the midfield, 
we, we touched on this a fair bit after the Ukraine game, so not raking up old graves, but again, people in the comments, they, they're, they're talking about it without without Tierney, back four. How, why do we play 3-5-2 without Tierney, etc., etc.? Alan, would, do you see that as the sensible thing to do without him or to keep the formation and put someone else in his place? So when we've not got Tierney, do we just carry on or do we adapt the team? I think when you, when you, when you look at it as someone who's, who's not Steve Clark, it, it looks like you have to have a B option. Um, I mean, against Ukraine, when we switched the four at the back, we, we we got chances and we, we got ourselves, I say, back into the game, but we gave ourselves a chance. Um, however, you, we can't doubt the success of this five at the back. I mean, as you say, looking at, I've, I've got Gordon's uh, points tally up, and I mean, the foundation for that World Cup group was the five at the back. Um, it worked so well. And I think Barry mentioned before about... Um, sort of picking the wrong players out of position and trying to fit them in. We, we do have players that are qualified for us that can fit the positions. I think we just need to sort of maybe select a, a tiny bit better. I mean, the likes of Kingsley coming in. Um, but then again, if, if we start with McKenna at that left side, let's just let's give that a chance and see how that goes. Um, because, again, it's a new McKenna um, that we're all talking about. It's someone, a much more confident McKenna. So let's see how that goes tomorrow. And, and I, I think if Patterson is fit... That drive going forward, that youthful sort of enthusiasm up that right wing, that changes the team entirely as well. So it's not just Tierney; it's almost we saw Hickey, who's that's not his, that's not his natural position. He he played well enough, I thought, um, given the circumstances. But um, having having someone like Patterson to sort of to bomb up there and just get in their faces and, and really galvanise the side, um, I think that's going to make a big difference. But yeah, in terms of your question. Um, Sensible hat would say you have have a B plan, have a plan B that's solid before at the back. Um, but Clark, Clark knows best. Gordon, I, th- I think there is just as much chance of me and you starting up front on Wednesday as there is of Clark changing to a back four. But but surely it's not a completely nonsensical suggestion or idea that without Tierney we are we would be better changing formation. Yeah, no, no, you're 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 absolutely right. Look, I, I think I think it's a completely valid, a valid perspective to take. That look, if 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 Plan A doesn't work, there should be a Plan B. You know, there, there, there should, you know, because to, to keep hammering your head against Plan A if it's not working, is 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 not a, a prudent course of action. But what I would say is, you know, when we started this conversation at the beginning of the pod, I, I talked about how Clark's hand will be forced in terms of having to play probably one striker up front and then with more attacking midfielders behind him. I think that would have more benefit in terms of getting us up the field. I mean so so it's so it's not just it's not just the three five two. It's or, or the the three four two one however you want to phrase it. Yeah. It's who is at the top end of the park is just as much as who is in the L C B and R C B positions. I think so. I I I absolutely think so because you know again against Ukraine for that entire one first half we were fairly one dimensional and and that was sort of you know so often we were we resorted to just lumping long balls to Lyndon Dykes to try and hopefully he would win and feed off scraps and that's not a great way to build into a game and build possession and build momentum you know and it was only really when Ryan Christie came on that we were able to play through the midfield a bit better I mean but as well again as well. I, 
I find it's almost pointless to sort of pick holes, pick individual holes in the game last Wednesday because you could argue nothing worked. You know, I mean, Gilmore and McGregor and McGinn have been one of the best things about Scotland's performances in the last year. And I don't think any of them had a particularly good game at all last week. It just didn't work. Gilmore's passing was poor, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I'm almost reluctant to to go in depth into any position from last Wednesday because you almost write it off and say, well, nothing worked, but let's, yeah, let, let, let's hope it's better on Wednesday. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I'm not, I, I don't even know where to go with it, to be honest. Well, I, th- I think that you're right that Christie was was an improvement on what we had up the top end of the park. So, Alan, do you think that he should be and will be a nailed on starter tomorrow alongside someone else behind Shea Adams? Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's nailed on because there's a lot of competition up there. I think um either him or Brown. Um I mean it depends it also depends about Armstrong because there was that whole comment uh, that Ralph uh, made um it could have even been last year where he said that Armstrong can't play this many games in an international break. So I mean I know he didn't play um much last Wednesday, but uh, I, th- I think we can rule him out of being playing 90 minutes uh, over the next few games. So I mean I think a player that would offer something, Christie, yes, but in terms of just goal threat as well, Brown's scored more goals than Dykes this season uh, in the championships. He's on think 13 goals, 14 in total for the season, four assists or something as well. So he's he's a he's a solid player, improving. Um, he's got pace, he's got strength, um, and he's used to playing alongside Stephen Fletcher at, at Stoke. So I mean, he's he can play that supporting role. So whether it's him and McGinn behind Adams. Uh, that, that that's something that I would be quite excited to see. Do you think any of that midfield trifecta will be rested? Gordon, McGregor, Gilmore, McGinn. Do you think I, I can't imagine maybe two of two or three out of three would be. But do you maybe think that one would be my instinct? To actually, think I think that Gilmore might might miss the, this might miss this game out. Yeah, poss- possibly, possibly. I, th- I think you know if um, if if Ryan Jack had been fit enough to be in the squad, I think he certainly would have been angling to come in as a direct like for like replacement I guess the question then is whether you bring Scott McTominay up into midfield um but yeah I, th- I think I, I totally I totally agree with what with with what Alan's saying I think what we lacked against Ukraine until maybe Christie came on was the ability against a team that was happy to sit deep and happy to fill space and happy to defend which you will assume that Armenia will come out to play in that style given that they played on Saturday and then coming on Wednesday for us we have had a whole week to recover you know, having the having a player with the ability to beat a man and create a bit of space and create an overlap, that's what we're going to need because we're going to need to unpick a team that's going to sit deep. So guys like Jacob Brown and Ryan Christie, I feel like those are going to be really important players for us on Wednesday to, to get through and to create chances and create shooting chances for guys like Adams. Well, Gordon, you are Shea Adams' number one fan and I think he will start tomorrow. Um, but Alan, you are... Maybe Ross Stewart's number one fan at the moment. We've got Robin Hall in the comments here saying we need to give Ross Stewart a run out, not necessarily a start, but maybe at some point tomorrow or over the next couple of games anyway, give him a go, see what he's got, what's he all about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I think uh, Ross Stewart, the only thing he's got against him is that he's scored all his goals in, in League One um, for the moment. Obviously, he's had a spell up north as well, but... Um, I mean, we've obviously experimented with Craig Mikhail Smith and, and Jordan Rhodes and stuff before and haven't really turned them into prolific international goal scorers. But Ross Stewart's a different breed. Um, he's, um, 
he's probably our tallest striker in the squad. I think he's 1.9 uh, roughly. So in terms of uh, someone who can bother the centre backs, um, he, he's he's good in the air. But I think what strikes you when you watch his goals, uh, it's sort of it's all kinds of finishes. Um, he's not it's not just a penalty box striker, although that's what a lot of people label him as. But he's got some. I think his goal in the playoff final was a really smart finish um, that caught the keeper out. Um, and I think having someone who's just in form. I think he's got. A, I think it rough, roughly works out about a goal every two games this season, um, which you're going to get chances. I think, as I said before, we're, we're against um, the likes of Moldova and the Faroe Islands, we're getting 18, 19 chances. Even against Austria and Poland in the friendlies, we're getting eight or nine chances. So if we fall somewhere in between that, whoever's up top is going to get chances, uh, and, and a player who's in form is, is Ross Stewart. We've spoken, God, that it's important not to diminish or dilute the threat of Armenia and just assume we can make six or seven changes and, and go and beat them. But do you think that at some point Ross Stewart's going to have to be given the opportunity to prove himself? Yeah, of course he is. Of course he is. Because, you know, there's there's literally no there's no point in having him in the squad, especially as Alan's saying, you know, he's just come off probably his best goal-scoring season of his career. You know, he was second top scorer in League One this season with 25 league goals. Like you said, scored in the playoff final at Wembley in this a massive game. And, you know, you, you think about the, you know, we, we often talk about, you know, the expectation of playing for Scotland and the demands and the Hamden crowd can sometimes be a difficult crowd to play in front of. Well, think about what that Sunderland crowd is like. You know, we've all watched Sunderland till I die. You know, that's that's the size of club, the size of team, the size of stadium, the size of fan base does not belong in League One. And they've been there for years. So, the pressure of going into that game at Wembley in front of a huge crowd, huge occasion, and to score a goal as good as he did to take Sunderland up, you know, that that's the exact type of pressure player that we need in our team. And as Alan said, the, the goal he scored was really nice. You know, he took the ball in, I think it was like one touch to get out of his feet, gave the keeper the eyes, buried it bottom corner, you know. And for, for, for a guy like Ross Stewart, you know, the, the, the kind of the level of sort of absolute desire he'll have to play for Scotland you know similar to Lyndon Dykes when he came through you know you could see that he would run through a brick wall to play for Scotland like you kind of just have to let these guys off the chain and just see what you can do um I, I again I don't think he'll be starting on Wednesday night but I do want to see quite a bit from him you know I've been a little bit disappointed the that Jacob Brown's been limited to about five minutes here five minutes there in matches because what can we really gain from that like let's get a proper look at him he's on form he's ready Let's let's get a good look at him, and I wouldn't bet against him opening his account on Wednesday. I think that the League One point you make, Alan, is an interesting one. It's it's a, a subject that I know we can be a bit touchy about up here now and again. Um, but I think that overall, the quality of English League One. This is probably just from watching, you know, the goals on Sky Sports and sometimes on Quest now and again. Is that I don't think that overall, apart from maybe well, Celtic Rangers and then probably Hearts this season, especially, I'd say from Hearts or from fourth down in the Premiership this season, I don't think that that is a level any higher than, than English League One at the moment. And I think if you're including Lauren Shankland when we were um, looking for a striker, um, when he was banging them in in the Championship and you had Kevin Nisbet who was on form when he was introduced into the Scotland squad, it's important, I think, to consider, does it matter massively what level they're scoring at or do you just want a confident finisher on the end of your chances 
because I think Lawrence Shankland, as as we've come to find out, he was he wasn't somebody that was going to lead the line for Scotland for a long time. He was he was good at the level he was playing at. Scored an important penalty for us um, against Israel in the in the shootout, and we were crying out for somebody at that point to take the number nine jersey by the scruff of the neck, really, because Griffiths was in and out. Stephen Fletcher hadn't committed. We didn't really know who was going to be the main man going forward. It might be Ross Stewart. It might not be. But if we're in, if we were calling up Shankland when he was playing in Scotland and the Championship as well, and Kevin Nisbet when he was on form, is that really a, a similar level, do you feel, as to what Ross Stewart's done this season? Or do you think there's a disparity there? Um, I think it's... I mean, obviously, you've not got your, your your old firm games, but I think the level is similar. There's no there's no getting away from it. I mean, you look at the players who have went down there. Um, I, I mean, the travelled that route. Jason Kerr obviously went down. He performed really well. So I mean, he's probably uh, that the case um, with Kerr is probably making the, S, the the SPFL look much better than it is because um, he almost walked League One when he went down there. Um, but just in looking at if if anyone. If you're talking about level of players, I mean, even like Bruce Anderson and stuff, they, these guys had good seasons up north, but they'd only bag in 11 goals. Um, you don't score a goal every two games unless you're unless you're pretty damn good. And a player like Ross Stewart, as I said, um, as Gordon mentioned, in terms of just the uh, inside Wembley um, under that pressure to get promotion, he's we shouldn't. You you want him scoring in the Premier League. There's no dying about it. There's no sort of taking away. You want him to score in Champions League finals, ideally. Um, if we can get someone that could do that, that'd be brilliant. Um, but as long as you're confident, you can score goals. Um, you can give something to the team. Uh, and in his case, it's not like we're filling out the squad with two or three Ross Stewart's. We've got one. Um, Adams is a as Gordon will, will, will tell us. He's he's a completely different striker. Um, he's a he's a much different package. What what you've got in Stewart is someone who knows where the net is. Uh, and someone who's found it on a regular basis this season. So yeah, I think I think if he comes in for twenty minutes, what we need, uh, I, he gets a couple of goals this this break, gets his account underway, and then who knows how many he'll go on to score. Um, it's obviously the biggest worry is that he, he if he keeps getting ten minutes here and there and doesn't get a goal for six caps, then we start going all, oh, or especially some of the fan base will maybe look at it and go, oh, maybe he's not as good as we think he is. So yeah, give him a chance. That's what I say. And of course, bear in mind, you know, come come September when this Nations League campaign will wrap up, he's an English Championship striker, you know. And if he starts next season, bangs a few goals his first few games, he's he's a scoring English Championship striker. Then who cares? Like, you know what I mean? This, <laughs> exactly. This weird sniffiness about oh, he's a League One striker. Well, yeah. well, not anymore. He's not. So <laughs> let's get ahead of that curve. There used to be a there used to be a really easy way to tell. They had a like a European for the Golden Boot. They had a sort of coefficient for each league. Um, yeah. And you could work out sort of the difficulty in the league. And I meant to have a look before this, just so I could have put a case that Ross Stewart was the best striker we've ever had. But um, unfortunately, <laughs> I couldn't find it. But <laughs> but in terms of you just look at how many how many goals all of our strikers have got, he's he's far and away the um, the, uh, the greatest goal scorer this season. Anyway, in terms of league football, I mean, you've got Dykes. Um, Dykes is in single figures. I think um, Brown is in, is in at twelve or thirteen. Um, in Scotland, you've got a couple sort of just over the 10 mark. Um, and even Adams, um, I think, single figures in the Premier League. So um, he is he's the most informed striker. Well, in response to the tweet that said, what's on your mind in the build-up to this game? We have a reply from David Colvin, who's saying, dispersing the cloud that has dis- descended on the Tartan army and remembering up to last Wednesday where we were unbeaten 
in 10 games. So what I want to ask, Gordon, is Wednesday's game, given that it's important and not a you know, training exercise friendly that we had against Poland and Austria earlier on this year, this is a game with with qualification for the Euros beginning to be, to be at stake. What is, is it more important that we win or how we play and then maybe get that win depending on, on how we play? Is, is, does it matter if we are a shit and get a 1-0 and three points over the line or do we need to play well on Wednesday given what happened against Ukraine? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I, th- I think there's certainly a contingent of fans that will arrive at Hamden or turn on their TVs on Wednesday night that will want to be entertained and they will want to see a real break from that performance last Wednesday. And I think, you know, we are fortunate in that regard that it is Armenia that are coming, that yes, they've, they've been promoted to League B and yes, they won on Saturday, but, you know, they they've played more recently than we have. They won't be as fresh as we are and they are still the 93rd best team in the world. So I think it is, it, it's as good an opportunity as you could hope for to sort of, uh, you know, renew your vows in a way um, with the fan base. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to, to get a win. Um, and then of course we go to Dublin the following Saturday and then go to Yerevan the week after. And, you know, those are equally big games as well, but I think equally winnable games. I mean, you watched Ireland go down, on Saturday to to Armenia, I think only only San Marino have scored fewer goals in Nations League since it began, the Republic of Ireland. So let's go there and win, and then let's go to Yerevan and finish the job. I, especially, like I said earlier, if if Ukraine have fully emptied the tank in these last two playoff games and they drop points this week, you know the door I see the door is open for us to win this group, and that that is the most important thing. So. Yeah, I, I I want to see a good performance. I want to see th- I want to see things that make me happy. I want to be happy. I like being happy. You know, bring me sunshine. You know, let's 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 leave on Wednesday night with a spring in our step, and then go for two away games and win them too. Are either of you going to Dublin? No, no. I did I did yeah. go last time. I did go last time. Um, I really hope no one is doing the travel plan that I did last time because I regretted it. Where. <laughs> I got the first flight back to Edinburgh first thing in the morning on the Sunday and did not sleep. Well, actually, no, I did sleep. I fell asleep at the airport. Don't have any memory of getting to the airport. Woke up at my gate, got on my flight, flew home, felt terrible. So <laughs> please don't do that. Nobody do that. It was a bad idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm travelling across on uh, Friday morning with my friend James um, and we are coming back on Monday. Uh, but the last few days I've been getting messages about the sort of travel issues I've been having um, at airports. Manchester in particular um, so I'm hoping it all goes smoothly but uh, yeah we looked at the Sunday but I thought <laughs> that, that wouldn't go well no. <laughs> are you in the are you are you in the away end Alan? Hey, no we're in the home end actually I saw people offering tickets for um, the away end earlier um, but uh, I think just for safety's sake I'll, I'll stick to the home end well I think you'll you'll probably get a much better view of the game from there because it's probably the worst away end I've been in in football just given this the oh, stadium yeah. it's like the shallowest away end I've ever seen I was almost at the back and could just about see over the crossbar it was <laughs> crazy I think I think the um the home end section we're in with the Scotland fans are that it's right up top it's like third is it second or third tier so it should be like you're saying oh, yeah it should perfect. be a cracking view nice lovely stuff well um right well what we'll do to finish then um given that I think we were similarly aligned in most of the, the talking points we'll 
will run no matter what you think should happen with the four at the back or the three at the back. I think we fully expect Clark to stick with the formation. I'd love to be wrong on that, but I think we can expect him to go with a three, four, two, one. So with that in mind, let's go through what we would play or what we expect the team to be. Right. So Gordon in goals. Okay, we can move on from that pretty quickly. Right centre back. We all mentioned Suter. Um, are we sticking with that? Yep, I'd go with that. Yeah. In the middle, um, the two really that cropped up were Cooper and Hanley. Gordon, I think you were in favour of Cooper. What about you, Alan? I'd stick with Hanley um, for me, but that's, yeah, Cooper did perform there well. Well, I, I would stick with Hanley as well, Gordon. So if you are Team Cooper, that's you outnumbered. So, so far, we are uh, Suter, right centre-back, and Hanley at centre-centre-back, left centre-back. Do we think it's time for McKenna after a little rest following the playoff final, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so McKenna in there. Uh, left centre-back, now Gordon, you made the case for a Robertson rest. Do you expect that? Um, I just think I, I, it, it wouldn't massively surprise me. And I think given that I think I think we'll need really need Robertson in these away games. I think I think it makes sense to give him a rest. So yeah, but I would I would go with Hickey, left wing back. Alan, can you advance on that? Um, yeah, I'd agree with them. I, I'm trying to sort of work out what Clark will do and whether he would actually go for Taylor. Um, but um, I would I would have Hickey there at, at left back. Okay, right. Well, no matter what, then that's. Uh... Two to one, regardless of who I go for. So Hickey in at left wing back, right wing back. Uh, Patterson, fingers crossed, he's fit. And if so, does he get the nod? Yeah, yeah, yep. Okay, so the defence then: Patterson, Suter, Hanley, McKenna, and Aaron Hickey into the midfield. Is anyone interested on uh, interested in playing Scott McTominay in midfield? No. <laughs> no, you're nope. both shaking your head, certainly. Gilmore and McGregor for me. Yep, same here. Gilmore and McGregor, stick with them. I uh, I think I would stick with that. I, I think that, that Gilmore might not play in this game. And that's that's not me speaking on any intel or anything like that. It's just an, an instinct that I think that Gilmore might get a wee rest because um, I don't think he was 100% coming into this camp. Was he just returned from... Uh, and yeah, I, he missed, missed, missed the last game of the season, yeah. Yeah, um, but okay, anyway, so we'll stick with that. Though Gilmore McGregor in midfield. Uh, we'll start with the central striker first before discussing his supporting cast. That'll be Shea Adams, won't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So Shea Adams up front, and I will suggest he is supported by McGinn and Christie with, hopefully, uh, depending on how the game goes, a decent look at Jacob Brown. Completely agree. Yep, McGinn Christie. Yeah, I think he. I, I think I'd like to see him start Brown. Um, but yeah, a, a decent look at Brown would cover that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So look, that's a, a decent Scotland lineup. Not too many changes and enough. Should we turn up and perform to our capability? I think to see off Armenia, but that's really the crux of the matter. If we turn up and do what we did last Wednesday, I think we'll be in for a bit of a a nail-biter of an evening, considering that Armenia are off and running. They'll be keen to make it six points. They beat Ireland in the opening day of the Nations League. So important that we don't let them get any further ahead and that we get the first three points of the campaign on board. Remember, Gordon was saying earlier how important this is for seedings and to get a playoff in the back pocket for the Nations League. So these are not end-of-season 
friendlies for the boys. We have to go and win this game against Armenia, not just to bounce back from the Ukraine loss, but also to put us in as strong a position as possible to go and make the most of Euro 2024 qualifying. So good to have you on, fellas. And the next time we record, we'll know the result of the game and we'll be looking ahead to Ireland. So thanks for joining me and probably chat again later in the week. Super. Cheers, guys. Cheers, up. Podcast Network.